Now, I've preached this morning already from Matthew's presentation of the part of the Christmas story. I've looked at the life of Joseph. So Luke uh, gives us, again, uh, the way the Lord gave it to him. And as we look at it, I pray that we will all be enriched from that. Now, for you folks who might be watching on YouTube, turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 4, and that's where our lesson begins today, okay? Uh, what we hope to see from this study this morning is why another uh, reason that Jesus came. Uh, the title of the lesson the writer presents is the Savior who came to us. And we'll be, in, we'll be better people by seeing how Luke presents that uh, this morning, okay? Let's begin with prayer. Father, what a wonderful God you are to love us as we are, but also to provide for our salvation when you knew we could not provide a way ourselves. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his life. Thank you for not only uh, his birth and life, but also, Lord, for his sacrifice. Give us grace and peace. Bless those who are listening today by YouTube. Bless those who are here present with us in the building. Just uh, teach us all the truths we need to know. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when you are young, you begin to think possibly like I do that it seems like that we would know all there is to know about the uh, Christmas story. That's not true, as it seems like, uh, as we study it yearly, that what we find is that there's more information or we see it from a perspective uh, that we have not saw that before. Uh, David, let me, let me give you a book to carry over to Ray and to Janice, okay? We, we use Bible studies for life. David's going to bring you a book over that y'all can follow along. But every time we read the Christmas story or we celebrate the Christmas season, what we discover is that there's something that God gives us that is fresh. may not be new, but it's fresh as we look at that. Well... Uh, the writer in his introduction on page 30, for those of you who have your book and you're following, says life is filled with decisions that can impact the rest of our lives. And he names a couple of things like a job or a move. Uh, we could add things like marriage. We could add sorts of things like having children, etc. But he talked about an instance they had when he said we struggled leaving a place where God had blessed our lives with an incredible church family of friends and ministry and life. He said, even as we answered God's call, a pastor friend reached out to me. The Lord called him years before to leave his hometown to plant a church. He told me how he had battled with the decision to move, but then he shared amazing perspective. God called his entire family, not just him. Now, I know that reference is talking about God calling a pastor to leave, but hey, God calls uh, the parishioners as well. Hey, some of you have uh, followed the Lord. Listen, I believe uh, if the Lord offers you opportunity and 
the, the, the calling to go somewhere different, I would hope you would see it just like this pastor give us his perspective. Now, the introduction was given that we might see this sentence. He said Jesus made a move too. He moved from heaven to earth, coming unto us as a baby. Now, we know, again, that, that, that Jesus uh, always was as well as he is, okay? There's no beginning in which we can see where uh, he, he came from. The scripture said that in the beginning was God, and he tells us about the word, uh, and it says, then he became and dwelt among us. Now, in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, we begin reading on page 31 in your quarterly. It said, Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth into Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage or family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him, and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, as I was reading this early in the week, uh, I scribbled a sentence uh, uh, in, in my notes here, or in my quarterly. And the sentence that I scribbled is this. The announcement to Mary and Joseph had not became an announcement to all of the people yet, okay? You know, uh, you find birth announcements in the local paper. You can find sometimes uh, mothers and fathers will send out birth announcements uh, now they use birth announcements uh, uh, when it comes to emails or Facebook pages. Well, Jesus' birth announcement ha has not been uh, advertised of yet. So this is a private uh, message and uh, something that's going on in their lives, uh, uh, but yet the world is fixing to know, Okay. The writer said anticipation of the coming Messiah had been steadily growing among the Jewish people. Living under oppressive rule of the Romans fueled their expectation. Now the thing that we can liken to or see similarity in is like we're waiting for the second coming of Jesus. They were waiting for the Messiah to come. Now, when I say Messiah, they had not, uh, they did not know his name was going to be Jesus, that I remember, because that later came in an announcement to Joseph in Matthew 1, 21. However, the name is not so much what they were looking for, but they were looking for a deliverer. They were looking for someone who would come to get them out from under the uh, hand and the power of the Romans. God had promised David that there would be someone of his house to endure before me forever, 2 Samuel 7 and 16. 
Now we see that Luke is describing in Luke chapter 3 the lineage of David. Now I'm not so much into all of the uh, various uh, references when it comes to lineage. However, I think they're very important. Why? Because it becomes the official proof that what God had said earlier now is reality. So Joseph went from, went from Nazareth to Judea to Bethlehem. Now, remember, that, would, that wouldn't be much of a, a, a drive for you and your truck or you and your car. But uh, when you're traveling by foot, uh, this is not an easy trip for them to make. Uh, Joseph's connection uh, to David led Mary and them to travel to Bethlehem. They had to go, some would call it the census. Some uh, reference there is made there to some taxation. They just legally have to go there to report. And it so happens to be at the very time where she is large with child. And because of that, we find the significance even uh, in the prophecies that our Lord has given us in the Old Testament. David now was born and raised in the small village of Bethlehem. Find that in 1 Samuel 16 and uh, 1 to 13. So the Lord now is fulfilling his promise that he's made to David, what, hundreds of years before and we see that coming to fruition. It says, uh, reading there in verse 7, she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in cloth, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them or no availability for them uh, in the end. Now on the page 32, uh, Mary and Joseph knew this was a miraculous birth because of the angel's words. Can you imagine uh, from the first visit there that Mary received and gathered the information that was given to her and she, uh, can you just imagine the bundle of emotions that she went through? But yet and still being the lady that she was, uh, the Lord gave her the answers for the moment that she needed. How many of you does, or how many of you feel like I do? Seems like when God gives us a word, it seems to me sometimes as if he needs to give me a little bit more information. Are y'all that way sometimes? You'd like to have a few more details? I am. But uh, those realities, I think, are similar to what Mary and Joseph are going through now, and God gives them enough information for them to act uh, in faith. Now, the writer says, even if Jesus had been born in grand fashion in a palace with birth announcements going throughout the countryside, it still would have been an humbling thing for God to leave the majesty and glory to become one of us. You remember, his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is God with us. And that to me is the larger of the miracles and that he him he would uh, send his son into the world as the savior of the world and last Sunday I made a reference to John 3 and 16 and 17 
uh, there, and you know the verse, you know, God sent his son, and thanks be to the Lord, he did not send him to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Oh, how, how precious that message still is today. They, there may be more people willing to hear the gospel message than we've been willing to tell. Now think about it over these next, what, six days, as you have opportunity, whether it's with your family, with your friends, uh, just remember to, to, to at least keep Jesus in Christmas, okay? Why? Because uh, he is uh, uh, the reason. We couldn't say it any other way. Uh, he's the reason. Luke chapter 2, verse 8, if you're following us, okay? Uh, for those of you who are watching by YouTube, and uh, I pray that you are, Luke 2 and 8 says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said unto them, Do not be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. Today in the city of David a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a babe, or you will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Now uh, with that, the announcement is being made to much more people, okay? Up to this point, how many, time, how many people that we know of in Scripture know about uh, Jesus? Who's that? Two. Two. Mary, Joseph. We also know that Elizabeth knew because, you remember, Mary visited her. That's when John the Baptist kicked her stomach, you know, so I say that laughingly, but you ladies know what it's like to have kids kicking in your, in your womb, but yes, very few people, that's what I want you to know, and, and I don't know exactly how many, I'm just thinking about scripture references, but now the shepherds are hearing the message, and uh, they are being told, which is realistic, that has happened already that Jesus is born now. Uh, again, the shepherds uh, become inquisitive and they begin to do a search we'll find uh, today. He says the writer, although the world might have missed the significance of the birth of Jesus, the angels in heaven surely did not. A small group of shepherds didn't miss it either because an angel of the Lord here is ready to make the announcement. I would not doubt, now and that's, a, that, that's not what you probably want to hear, I wouldn't doubt that maybe there was some other kid maybe born in Bethlehem the same night. You remember people were having to go to their place. It's possible there was another kid, but not like Jesus. So specifically, there are more details given by the angel here, and therefore, uh, 
once getting there, we discover the shepherds uh, uh, become incredibly excited. Why? Because they have firsthand sight there of the Messiah. Now, the writer gives us a few things on page 33 in your book. Uh, he said, a few things stand out about the angelic announcement. Let me just remind you, when you're reading the Old Testament particularly, uh, look at the many times, or chalk up in your memory bank, the many times uh, that it talks about the angel of the Lord, okay? Many of those times it is what we call a theophany. It is an Old Testament appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we know in this case it's not, okay? Uh, but yet, just giving you that, it came to my mind while I was talking that, that many, many references in the Old Testament are made uh, of the angel of the Lord. Now, the few things the writer was giving us about this angelic announcement. First of all, uh, he, he says the announcement was terrifying. As the angel spoke and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, you know, I think it's the King James said they were sore amazed. Am I right? I think in the King... What's that? Sore afraid. You know, it could be translated many ways if people want to. Perplexed, scared. Uh, sometimes I still find myself with anxieties when I see or hear something. Uh, maybe we hear it, but we can't see it. What, what I'm saying there is... We still, have the, we still have the capacity to respond to things in many different ways. The shepherds in this uh, thing or in this announcement, uh, whatever we say there, they did not anticipate such a visitation that evening on the hill, did they? Now they're perplexed and confused and afraid. The writer said, although their fear was likely paralyzing, it turned into the kind of fear that leads to wonder and amazement. The second thing he reminds us of is the announcement was comforting. Some would say, how can it be terrifying, but yet at the same place, comforting? Well, sometimes we have to, we sort of have to uh sort things out, do we not? We've heard something, now we see someone, and this thing is growing in the shepherds, okay? So the comfort that they find would come from the angel's word first, uh, do not be afraid. In other words, uh, how many times have someone told us, don't be afraid, don't be scared of this. I was reminded one of the grand youngins the other day. I don't even know what brought the subject up. But anyway, I was reminded that I used to be deathly afraid of Santa Claus. And uh, I, I grew up that way. And now when I start, had to, when I began to have to be one, it's different. Now, I've never wore the suit. You know, I couldn't, couldn't do that. But think about the things you've been afraid of over life. And, you know, notice that the shepherds are are afraid first of all they're seeing if not 
seeing and hearing the angelic host there. Comfort would come there by simply saying, don't be afraid. These shepherds surely carried in their hearts the same longing and hope for God's deliverance that all the people had been yearning for. And now that longing in their hearts is fulfilled. For it says today in the city of David, a Savior was born who is the Messiah, who is Jesus, who is fill in the blank, okay? Uh, the Savior is born. How long have the world been waiting for a Savior? Since the beginning of time. You remember Adam and Eve, once they sinned, they attempted to cover themselves. The Lord came along and he took some animal skins and clothed them. All through the Old Testament, every time a throat was slit and blood was poured on the altar, it was, it was uh, a for, it was a, a sign of the one who is to come or was to come. So the world had been looking for a savior from the beginning of time. Now, it probably has escalated in this time. And as a result of that, we see what Paul said in the Galatian letter. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. The fullness of time could be spiritually, physically, etc. It was just time. Now, not only was it terrifying, not only was it comforting, but it is also inspiring. What started with one angel now multiplied to a multitude of the heavenly hosts. Daniel once saw and said thousands upon thousands uh, served him. 10,000 times 10,000 uh, stood before him in Daniel chapter 7 verse 10. None of us know the number of angels that there are. Never saw one of you. Might be saw where Maybe someone who might have ministered to us, we thought as if they could have been an angel. But just to have seen them, I haven't. And now the shepherds get comfort to know that, hey, we're not bringing bad news. It's all good news. And uh, the shepherds uh, there uh, respond. I was reading again, it was yesterday, I believe. I can't remember my source. I was reading again someone's uh, interpretation of Bethlehem and the shepherds and someone was again writing from the perspective that the sheep uh, or the lambs that were born uh, outside of the city of Bethlehem that were largely, they were born, they were examined, they were, they were uh, the, the lambs and the sheep that were literally being raised for the offerings. Now, if that is true, and I can't give you a scriptural reference for that to be true, if that is true, these shepherds would be greatly amazed. Why? Because out here, every day or night, they're they're taking care of the lambs. But now when they visit the 
the birth side of Jesus, they see the lamb. You know, there really is but one lamb that can take away the sin of the world, and that's Jesus. So whether or not, if any of you have a proof text for that possibility, I'll be, I'll be wide open to it. But I've, I, this, this Christmas, already two or three times, uh, I've, I've ran across that uh, reality, or when I say reality, I'm saying that point that is being presented there concerning those lambs on the hillside in Bethlehem. Page 34, uh, those of you who are watching by YouTube, uh, Luke 2.16, as we're looking now, we're jumping two or three verses uh, in the sequence of Luke 2, but now in verse 16 it said, they hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message that they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard which were just as they had been told. Wow, what a sentence. Now, when we look at this, uh, the shepherds were given, given, I call it a great opportunity to be the guys who would be first out to be able to announce the message here of Jesus. Now, after the angels left, what did the shepherds do? So they hurried off. <laughs> Makes you wonder, well, where are all them sheep y'all supposed to be watching? Y'all got them on a chain? No, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny there. But they made, they made a means whereby to be able to go search and see what had been told them. And as they go, what does the scripture say in verse 17? It says, after. After seeing them, after seeing them, isn't it great when somebody gives you a bit of information, you, you take that information, you assimilate it, it it's stored there uh, in your brain, but then whether it's a day or a week or a year later, you take that that you have heard and then you lay your eyes on that. So notice what it says here. After seeing them, they report the message that they were told about the child. So they become some of the first missionaries, do they not? Because they have heard, they have seen, and now they're able to go tell. Isn't it amazing that they are not taking this message simply second-handed? they can now see with their own eyes and even as far as the angelic host that made the announcement, this all comes much clearer once they have embodied and brought this into their own minds. Verse, uh, let me see where I'm at, verse 19. 
Mary was treasuring these things up in her heart. I don't know that I could even attempt to imagine what Mary's thinking. Could you? From, from nine months earlier when she was told that she was going to have a child and she had never knew a man. Can you imagine this woman's mind, heart, brain, whatever? You're talking about walking by faith. This lady had to walk by faith, did she not? Because things were going on around her, but also within her. Now to find this statement that she's treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The writer gives us a few things there uh, about how the shepherds unashamedly were sharing the witness there, uh, what they had heard from the angel. They'll now... Uh, it says, all who heard it were amazed. And verse 14 reminds us that Jesus would bring to us that which we never could bring to ourselves, and that is peace. You know, the New Testament is full of peace, is it? Romans 5 and 1 talks about how we can have peace with God. Then we find in uh, one of Paul's other letters, talks about the peace of God ruling in our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. But what we discover here in this verse, or, or in one of the verses that we skipped over, was the peace uh, that comes uh, through the birth of our Lord Jesus. Now, uh, verse 20 is what I was uh, uh, really trying to, Keep in my mind to talk about just a second. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things, notice, which they had seen, which they had heard, which were just as they had been told. Now, when someone tells us something, like as if, you know, we've never known it, I, I have this little catchy phrase I'll use sometimes. Somebody come up and give me a bit of information. I might be have known it for a while. And sometimes I'll ask this question, now where did you hear that? Now first of all, that makes some people uneasy. Because that's almost asking them, are you supposed to be telling this now? Because the person who told me that told me not to share it with nobody. Anyway, the shepherds were never told not to share it, were they? They had saw they had heard, first of all. Then they had saw with their own eyes. They leave going away rejoicing and telling people as they go. First missionaries, absolutely. Now we find other people who have pronounced, uh, other people who have talked about the prophecies, but these are the first to see to have heard, to see, and then to announce that to the world. Wonderful message. Don't ever get over the Christmas message because there's a lesson for us there. Uh, amazing, is it? I find that sometimes we're told something not to tell and uh, it itches us up till we can tell somebody. And then when we're told to go and tell, Sometimes that drives us crazy because we 
don't do that. So the shepherds, they're intriguing fellas uh, to, the, to the Christmas story for sure. Anybody have a word, a thought? Didn't have Facebook, amen. Uh, they didn't even have snail mail, probably, you know. Uh, we make fun about snail mail, you know, with the U United States Postal Service. Miss Betty was reminding uh, me that, you know, her youthfulness to speak, okay? Uh, you probably have heard all sorts of ages, 14, 15, 16, 17, you know, I, I don't get hung up on that because that might make me lose a little sleep, but I don't know. It just said she was young. Uh, and because of that, uh, there was a nice gentleman in town who had really took note of her and asked her for marriage. And that was Joseph. And now for them seemingly to have a start that seemed as if it was starting on the wrong foot, but yet God provided. So with all of that in mind, the Christmas story. Now let me see where we'll be going next Sunday and uh, give you a foretaste of what we will be seeing. The king who reigns forever. So if you're uh, listening to me by YouTube today, the passage that you could uh, read would be Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, and Luke chapter 1 verse 26 through verse 33. We'll be looking at him not as, the, uh, as the, the Lamb of God, but we'll look at him as he who is King of kings and Lord of lords, okay? Thank you. God bless you. Good to see you today.